1: Good morning, Rutherford County, and I'm saying good morning, uh, Ronnie Martin, because um, in some respects, it hasn't been good mornings lately for me, because I've got a a lot of friends that are uh, either having medical problems, uh, (coughs) uh, uh, this this virus has affected a whole lot more people than I thought it would, Mm -hmm. uh, even at... uh, Besides our age or my age, you're a lot younger than me. But uh, I, I, I've got so many friends that have got that stupid thing, and they're having a little bit of trouble wow. uh, getting over it, which yeah. is the bad thing. And you and I got a real good friend, uh, little little Janie Stewart, yeah. and uh, she. Uh, I, I, I just hope that everybody will put in a prayer for Jan tonight. But but I think she's getting better, and. Uh, um uh James Hamlin is gonna have surgery um Friday. So I wish everybody would put in a prayer for him also.
3: You know, it's um <clears throat> of course I had COVID um actually everybody in my home had COVID um, about I guess it's been about six weeks ago now. Yeah. And it's really interesting how Devastating this is, and how unpredictable it is. Um, you know, we've been dealing with it so long. The psychological aspect of it, uh, in a lot of cases, is, at least in mine specifically, was worse than the, worse than the actual virus. Yeah, mine too. But you know, you, you have those that you know, appear to be in good health, regardless of age, and you know, they lose their life over getting it. So it, it's such a hard thing to understand. Uh, you know, in our home, <clears throat> I. I my, I had it, my wife had it, and, and our two boys, my stepson's, her, her sons had it. Oh,
1: I really enjoyed your wife. Um, she is the sweetest thing.
3: Man, she's good. She yeah, loves very education. very bright. Well, yeah. she's smart, and she loves people and loves children, and, um, yeah, I, I outkicked the coverage on that one. So, yeah, yeah that's good. But uh, I feel good. She feels good. The, the boys are good, and um, thankfully, we had very, very mild cases.
1: Well there are so many things uh, I I I'm getting away from that but uh uh I have never seen so many people older people complaining because mm-hmm. it's hard to get that shot because it, it, I guess it's because so many people are applying for it and, and and they're in their cars and they're misdirected and things like that it's it's I guess it's very hard to put something that that means so much to a lot of our older people to get it where it's not going to maybe give them problems that they don't really need to go through anyway. Are you talking about the process of trying to get it or actually get it? Yeah, to get the shot. Okay. Uh, it's amazing Uh, I I know the state farm place was very difficult because they had so many people arriving at the same time and and they, they really didn't know how to take care of them at the time
3: Sounds a whole lot like uh, PPP loans when they first came out.
1: Um, but yeah, but you get you did a great job with those, Ronnie. Well, we, you and Jan did.
3: We our team did a great job, and of course, you know, um, there's there's going to be another round of PPP funding. They're calling it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the second funding or second draw. But um, you know, we weren't prepared for that. None of the financial service companies were prepared for that. We'd never done anything like that before, and mm-hmm. so you know, I I can relate to trying to come up with something overnight and yeah. how you mass distribute something like a virus or like a vaccine, if you will. Um, and, you know, it's going to be bumpy. And I think, you know, it will get better. That distribution channel will get better. The more they do it, they'll learn. And, you know, fortunately, you know, Pinnacle um, uh, was in a great place from a resource standpoint that everybody stopped what they were doing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in some cases, it may be harder to do that in the government because there are still services that have to go on in the government. And you can't just stop everybody in the government, pull people from accounting and sales and marketing, you know, to handle vaccinations, which they may be doing that. I don't know. But, you know, that went on in our bank. We uh, Everybody everywhere pitched in and helped, and, and I think we'll be better prepared for the next round of PPP funding. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's <clears throat> We've got some work to do. We'll get better from the distribution on the vaccine standpoint, and, and hopefully – uh, that will allow us to get to some sense of normalcy where the fear of covid nineteen goes away and um, you know i it's i don't want to <clears throat> under emphasize um, the impact that a lot of the small businesses are having because that's a very real thing,
1: yeah,
3: but you know with every challenging heartbreaking story you hear about that. You hear great stories about people, you know, doing great and the businesses surviving and PPP funding helping. And so hopefully we'll get back to a normal place where we're having different conversations.
1: You know, I've been so proud of you uh, ever since you've been elected to city council, how you're meeting all these problems. And uh, you are... A- you're a a younger version of me in a way. I'm not I'm put not putting, not putting myself comfort, on I, no I'm not putting myself <laughs> on your level. Yes. But I, I had the nicest little text come to me from a good friend of mine and it and it tells how to keep yourself ready when things Go bad mm-hmm. uh, and uh, both mentally and physically, and I, I I see you come work. you work out every morning. as do you uh, over at the Mac, and you're working out hard, and then this little text mentioned the fact that we have to keep ourselves both mentally and physically absolutely uh, healthy as much <clears throat> as we can. so uh, what it said basically w- was that we have certain exercises that we do every day to keep ourselves both mentally sharp and mm-hmm. physically sharp. And I, and I got to thinking, I do that every night. Yeah. I mean, it's silly stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll say, you know, in the 1950s, who was the New York Yankees' starting team? And I would go all the way through and remember all of them. How about that? And then I remember the pitchers and the manager Casey Stengel of course. So that's how you remember everything all the time. Well, I I do. Yeah, but I don't uh, folk I don't reach out to other areas too much. I will go through Uh, who are the starting uh, actors and actresses in The Searchers, the John Wayne movie. Okay. And then I'll go back, and I'll recount all of that. And it it helps me uh, focus on things uh, the next day when I get out. And then after I work out hard in the morning, I I feel more able to do the things that I need to do. And, you know, if everybody would just... It's not hard and it's not difficult, but just make that a part of your life, especially when you get older. It does make a big difference.
3: Well, I'm going to give you a lot of credit because I see you at the gym every morning, and I see you work hard in the gym every morning, um, and you do it on your own. And I'll tell you, I'll share kind of a, a quick story. Um, Adam Valentine, who also is at the gym with us, he -hmm. he and his partner own um, TriFit, which is a personal training group. And you see me with that group sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I had never until this year, until COVID and the gym was shut down, I'd never worked with a private trainer. So I'd always done stuff on my own, which is I'm sure what you have always done, which Mm -hmm. which you do. But when the gym was closed, I kind of had to have an outlet. I had to have some Who workout. is that
1: beautiful girl that trains y'all?
3: It, we, it's a guy. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I was yeah. just, it,
1: it, must Adam's beautiful, though. He's a very handsome <laughs> fellow, right?
3: But, you know, I noticed after, I don't know, two or three months of working with Adam, mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing how it changed me. Uh, and this is very interesting, mm-hmm. that when I would go to the gym on my own, I was less motivated. Really? Yeah. And it was because I had grown accustomed and comfortable to Adam pushing me. Rather than me pushing me, mm-hmm. I had gotten kind of complacent with saying, what do I do?
1: Yeah.
3: And uh, and so I didn't like that one bit. And so um, what I've decided to do is I'm going to train with Adam one week, and then I'm going to train on my own another week. Mm-hmm. Because it's just that that mental toughness that you're talking about, that mental exercise of saying... Mm-hmm i'm gonna go and i'm gonna work hard and i'm gonna give my absolute best and do all i can do and i did it because i wanted to do it you know nobody mm. pushed me to do it so yeah. interesting story that you're talking about us being responsible for the things we do to kind of keep push ourselves and keep ourselves sharp and that kind of thing so
1: there are so many things go on or well, you have the bank responsibilities of course at pinnacle you've you've done such a great job there but uh there are things that go on in government mm-hmm. that people never see right they don't understand a lot of times um what um what happens to you when you take those uh responsibilities right and, and you have to stay aware all the time and i and i've noticed uh Say in in, in uh, government. Let, let, let's get out of here and just go all the way up to Washington. Yep. People come become so complacent with what they're doing and in the responsibilities that they have. A lot of times they get caught up in doing things and they really shouldn't do. Right. And and, and, it, and it's it's not open to the public. And, and you see them kind of change mentally uh, as the years go on right. and, and they may slide over to an area where they should not be mm-hmm. and uh, but the the load of of those responsibilities on a local and state and, and national level is pretty much consistent with each different divisions of government. Mm-hmm. And as you get caught up in that, sometimes your mind just really doesn't um, have that same energy as it did before. Yeah. And and it it just comes an everyday thing. And in government is not an everyday thing, as you well know. You you've done the best job that I've seen in many many years, and you utilize that uh, being new and learning uh, to make you your your mind is 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 like a steel trap you might say once you focus on those things it stays with you and you want to know more and more about it and and as these new um, uh, situations come up like you had the sale of, of murfreesboro electric and some of the other things what you hear, even though you try hard to try to find out everything that's going on, right. when you're in government, a lot of times you're trying to sell something, kind of like a car salesman sure. who wants you to see all the good things that's going on with that particular vehicle, but they're not telling you everything that goes on. But I, I had a good uh, situation, with Stan McNabb, when I bought that uh, <laughs> that Cadillac, that, that. that cheap Cadillac, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, but. Um, how how do you feel now that you've gotten a few, uh, 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 a lot of situations that have gone on that you tried to find out everything mm-hmm. that was going on, but now you probably didn't know because somebody wanted it to happen sure. and they wanted yeah. to paint all the... the uh, clean all the wheels and the windshield and everything for you, even though it's not exactly correct.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's such great insight you have about that because of the experience you have and and the track record of service that you have because a lot of people that have not been in that, in an actual position in the shoes of an elected official don't know. And so, you know... I spend a lot of time, um, in reflection and comparison of what I do as a day job Mm -hmm. and my service to the city of Murfreesboro. And, you know, one of the things that we have to do as a lender, you know, if, if you were to come to me, I, you know, for people that listeners that do not know, I'm a banker during the day. Of course I work Mm -hmm. at Pinnacle. Uh, I do a lot of real estate lending. I do a lot of small business lending, working with small businesses, um, and so what happens is my job, specifically, is to create opportunity for the bank. So yeah. people have banking needs. I have to find those people that have banking needs. And I have to um, build trust and confidence with those people that they would be better served through me being an advisor to them than someone else. Right. That's right. that's what I get paid to do. That's how I pay my bills. Well, that's where – that's the beginning of the opportunity. What I have to do internally, which is really transparent to most of the, the people that I serve, the customers that I serve, and businesses that I serve, mm-hmm. is we have to know what information to get from those individuals. Uh, we've got to go about getting that in a way, because that's not fun if you've ever you know uh, borrowed money. It's yeah. not easy to go, do that. We're going to ask you for all kinds of information, and there's some work involved in that. Uh, so we got to make that as easy as we can make it. Um, but we have to be thorough. We, we can't... We can't not ask for information just because you might not want to give it or it's inconvenient or frustrating for you or your last banker didn't ask for it. We're going to get what we need to feel like we've got the information we need to make a good decision because I have that responsibility to my employer, right? Mm -hmm. That is my obligation. I'm the gatekeeper. And so my boss and his boss and his boss and the shareholders of Pinnacle Bank – are counting on me to make sure that when I lend depositors' money out to people that borrow it, that I'm giving it to the right people that they can pay it back. And so I've got to cast a really wide net. I've got to be extremely thorough in what I do. And most importantly, uh, everybody makes mistakes, right? Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to make sure that I'm as perfect as I can. Uh, I'm as complete in the analysis as I can possibly be. But also that I do a very good job saying, hey, in every loan I make, there is risk. There's risk to the bank. There's risk to the shareholders. Um, I have to serve the client and the client's best interest, but I also have to protect the bank's interest. So I'm constantly in this balancing act of what to do. And what I have learned over the years is that it's really tempting to say, hey, this is really shiny and looks really good. And, I, and the bank pays me to create opportunity, mm-hmm. and I'd really like to make this loan. So there's this temptation sometimes to say, hey, this little scratch over here on the fender, I'm not going to talk about that because it may make it not look so shiny. And, mm-hmm. and maybe I can't do for this customer what I want to do. Um, those things happen, and those things capture people sometimes, especially younger, more inexperienced lenders. Yeah. They keep people from making great decisions and so what happens is the the personal bias and the personal motivation and personal interest creep in and you start justifying and rationalizing that maybe you didn't give complete information, maybe you didn't, you know, do everything that you're charged with doing to balance that, you know, that hole between the two. And so <clears throat> I work really hard to make sure that um, I'm as absolute honest, I'm at, and I'm as absolute accurate as I can be, never going to be perfect. But I eliminate the possibility to make mistakes where I can eliminate those mistakes. And most yeah. of that's in being transparent. Most of it's being thorough. Most of it's being you know, um, just honest about what you're doing. And you know, the, the challenge in government, and, and this has been probably the most difficult thing for me, um, I, I think some, uh, and I want to be, you know, fair about what I'm saying. I think some people in politics and government think that politics, rather than the art of being diplomatic and you know trying to bring things together,
1: mm-hmm.
3: is this strategic method of trying to get something accomplished at any way possible. Yeah. And you see that in all kinds of different ways. Some people are, you know, uh, hostile and they bulldoze trying to get those things done, or they they threaten people's reputation, and there's some really toxic attributes that people yeah. have. And then on the other side, you see some people that just leave out information. They just don't give you the whole story. They just say, if you want to find this, it's up to you to get all this information, but I'm not going to give it to you, right? Right. And so that's really hard for me because... It puts me in a very difficult position of saying, uh, and, and for people, listeners that do not know, you know, I, I'm a full-time banker and a part-time city council member. Mm-hmm. It's it's not my job to run the city of Murfreesboro. That's that's not, tough being a part-time. It is being a part-time. Yeah, and and, and that goes to exactly what we're talking about yeah. because when you once you become aware that <clears throat> unlike what I'm supposed to do in my day job, which mm-hmm. is be as thorough as I can, anticipate any possible questions, provide answers to any possible questions, and do that, Um, there are some, and there are some instances where in government the motivation is not there to do that because in doing that would cause the decision makers to see the scratches. To -hmm. use the example I used earlier on the fenders, and sometimes they don't want to do that because – they want the outcome, right? Yeah. And for me, <clears throat> that's really challenging because I think there are some in politics that feel like that that's the way politics works. I, I couldn't disagree more with that. I think that is people having a uh, misguided view of what politics is. Um, and and the people that I talk to about this, you know, a lot of them will say, well, you know, you're just mad because you the vote didn't go the way you want it to go. Yeah. <laughs> I I giggle when I hear that because it's so funny to me that people would think that I'm not tied to the outcome. I'm tied to the process because I believe that if the process is done correctly, the outcome will be as good as it can possibly be.
1: Yeah. And
3: I'm a passionate believer in that. And so, um, you know, I I don't. I can remember when people asked me, Truman, when I first started campaigning, you know, what's your vision for the city? Mm -hmm. And I was very honest. I was like, What do you mean? What's my vision for the city? I'm yeah. just going to serve. And they said, well, you know, you need a vision. If I'm going to vote for you, what do you want Murfreesboro to look like, and this and that. And I thought, you know, that makes sense. I probably need to come up with a vision. What, what do I want things to be? But I still, even today, you know, I want Murfreesboro to be a good place for us to live. That's very, you know, bland, if you will. That's not as sexy as some some other things that people might say. Um, but I care very much about. Um, The integrity of the process of what we do. I care very much about people having trust in in the same way in my profession. I don't want anybody to ever question that I was honest with them, Uh, even if, you know, we we talked about this before we got on the air, there's a difference between giving people bad news and giving people bad news badly. Yeah. Uh, You can give people bad news or not agree with them, but if you do it in the right way, most people can understand it's when you don't take the time to explain, or you explain it badly, people get their feathers ruffled about that stuff, and it and it breeds mistrust, mistrust in people, mistrust in government. So, you know, that's the hard thing for me as a banker, uh, that has to be totally transparent, totally thorough, that has to argue both sides of everything that I do and make a case. Uh, government doesn't
1: always work like that. I know I've got a. I hear the music. They're wanting us to take a, we'll break, take a break. But we're going to get back to how hard you worked to try to accumulate all the information that you needed to make a, a proper decision on the sale of MED. Sure. And, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about that because there, it, it's, it's still not completely clear. To most of us, sure, w- what's really going on with that? Sounds good, all right. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with Ronnie Martin from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior
0: living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNS Radio.com.
3: Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams
0: Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal.
3: Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard.
1: At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.
0: Have you been hoping to win $1,000 a day every day for the rest of your life with the added excitement of a chance to win instantly? Well, with Cash for Life with Quick Cash, today could be your lucky day. Give it a try. Simply add Quick Cash to your next Cash for Life purchase for a chance to win instantly. But wait, there's more. Then watch the nightly Cash for Life drawing to see if you win $1,000 a day or week for life. Cash for Life with Quick Cash, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
3: Somewhere out there, a math teacher's school loans were forgiven, allowing her to focus on paying it forward,
1: not back.
0: Somewhere out there, a parent is breathing easier, knowing their child's college
3: education will cost a little less. Somewhere out there, a Hope Scholarship just helped a student open the door to a brighter future.
1: And they all have players like you to thank for the $5.5 billion raised for education. Because every time someone plays the Tennessee Lottery, education wins. The Tennessee Education Lottery, game-changing, life-changing fun.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
2: I'm Ron Jordan. Another victim of COVID-19. Franklin County High School. They're moving to a hybrid schedule. The decision comes following a school board meeting on Monday. Masks will be required at the high school beginning Monday, January 11th through March 11th. Elementary schools will continue with the option of mandating masks. Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue got a call about a home fire at 3107 Bishop Street about 3:30 Tuesday morning. First responders reported that the structure was fully involved. Authorities said there were no injuries in the blaze, but the home was a total loss. Bishop Street is in a neighborhood that's located behind First United Methodist Church and Siegel Middle School. The 2,800-square-foot home was built in 1995. A fear that students are falling further behind in their reading because of the COVID-19 pandemic is prompting the creation of a new literacy initiative. Reading 360 will provide resources and training for teachers, parents, and schools, as well as supporting tutoring programs. The State Department of Education is committing $100 million to the project. Prior to the pandemic, only 36% of the state's third graders could read on grade level, and officials say students can't afford to fall any further behind. Meanwhile, MTSU's College of Graduate Studies recently released a Pets Are Invited page on their website for graduate students to showcase the pets who've been their study companions this semester, with more than a few making Zoom cameos in this extended period of virtual learning. The response from students has been overwhelming. They want to share more about their lives by showing their pets who they care about, and experts say pets can help with our physical and mental health. The college has received positive feedback about the page since it began. When news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio or log on to our website, WGNSradio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting.
0: News updates are around the clock. When it breaks and on demand at WGNSradio.com. We are News Radio, WGNS.
3: If only I could spend my whole paycheck on new tires, said no one ever. Which is why Bud's Tire Pros makes buying Michelin tires simpler. Allison Mitchell at Bud's Tire Pros can help you out. For service you can trust without the hassle, visit your local Bud's Tire Pros in town. They offer a straightforward approach to service, and they include the nationwide warranty with every purchase. Stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. To find out more, visit BudsTireProsTN.com.
2: on South Church Street between I-24 and Middle Tennessee Boulevard.
3: To WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high into the upper 40s. Winds out of the northeast are around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low of 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojciechski on News Radio WGNS. Currently,
1: it's 32.
2: Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. for Premier Six Theater. They're now open.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. Well,
3: anyway, yeah. I think we talk as much off there as we do on.
1: Hey, that you were talking to them already, Sorry. Ronnie. I know they appreciate that. Uh, the sale of MED affected a lot of people. Mm hmm. Uh, many of them were lifetime uh, uh workers at Murfreesboro Electric and and they were all I remember they were always committed to give the best service and as quickly as possible I, 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 and of course I, my wife Jackie worked there and she'd come home and and if something wasn't maybe done correctly or the way she wanted to she would be so upset it mm-hmm. would just uh drive her crazy but the sale of MED uh you mentioned the word complicated mm-hmm. a, a minute ago to me that complication just really explains MED and 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 the process that was going on to sell MED in my opinion it was so complicated It happened too fast. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of other people think that also. And as you go along, you start finding little things that were not brought up to the city councilman Mm -hmm. that would maybe have changed your mind a little bit as to you were the only one that voted against the sale at the time. And you had a lot of uh, good reasons for it. We've seen things happening since that particular sale, but um, um, how do you feel when things happen later on that that obviously you didn't get the full picture of yeah. what was going on, and you worked hard to get it? I remember you were terribly focused on that, and you talked to everybody concerned. Right. But the complicated issues that were going on. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to bring those up, uh, especially if you're wanting the sale to go through, right? Uh, or maybe the, the, the homework wasn't done to make sure that you guys had all the information. Sure. So um, how do you feel when you know that that maybe if we could have waited another two, three, four months, uh, and, and still make sure that all the information that was possibly able to be collected at the time uh, would could probably come over to uh, the, the area that you know that uh, either you would have voted for it if you had known that, but we mm-hmm. needed to make sure that all of that was covered by the time we finished the deal.
3: Well, it, it's a great question, and you know, obviously, hindsight's always twenty yeah. twenty with anything we do. <clears throat> I think, and I think what I want people to know is, I was not, um, still not, um, inherently opposed to selling the electric company. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not ultimately why I voted no. It was not that I thought that was not good. It was that, um, to the point you're making, I didn't have enough information, and I was not convinced based on the discussions that we had had mm-hmm. sufficiently to say yeah absolutely I think that's a great thing now uh, obviously there were other council members which I'm glad that there's more than just one person making those decisions ultimately mm-hmm. the council thought that was good and so we've moved on but you know to the point you're you're making last night, uh, there was some discussion at a county uh, school board meeting,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and um, the discussion of the shortfall came up because of the sale, the budget shortfall. Right. This is a county school board meeting, and so there was a budget shortfall as a result of the sale of MED. So I had people immediately texting me, Hey, you know, what is this, whatever else. Well, of course, this is about 9 o'clock at night, and so uh, my brain is not working. My brain does good to work at 9 o'clock in the morning, much less 9 o'clock at Mm -hmm. night. But uh, the honest answer was I had no clue how they were connected. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I've done a little bit of homework on that this morning, and I'll do some more throughout the day to to get some answers to those folks, and, and we can talk about this again. But, you know, that's an example of, you know, If we had known that there were going to be gaps, and I'll I'll tell you what I think I know about the gaps, Mm -hmm. uh, the loss of revenue in just a second, would that have changed anything? Well, maybe not, right? So I don't know, and I can't speak for anybody but me. Uh, I voted no regardless. But it's things like that that I think are those material points that should have been brought out and should have been talked about, um, were they important? Uh, yes. Now, would it have changed anything? Maybe not. But I think what we really want to do is to set the standard of, hey, we were very thorough in understanding the implications of doing this. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the good and the bad. <clears throat> I, I didn't like the fact that I think we talked more about the good than the bad. Yeah. But that probably goes back to what I do day in and day out in that, you know, uh, my job is to talk about the good and the bad. So mm-hmm. I don't... I'm not a salesman trying to say everything that comes in is good. I'm trying to say here are the pros, here are the cons, and this is what I would recommend. But it's not always ultimately my decision. There are those that have to, you know, sign on board with that. Um, so, you know, what I understand of this revenue gap of the county, um, if you know, I, I live in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I like very much. I walk to work. We talked about that. You were harassing me about my hat and my coat and stuff when I walked in, but I walked to work this morning and it was cold.
1: Yeah, you, you stay in shape. Well, you worked out yeah.
3: hard this morning I, I before need, you did that. I, I did. But, uh, you know, as a city property owner, I pay property taxes, mm-hmm. ad Valorem property taxes. And so I pay the city a certain amount and I pay the county a certain amount right. because every property in the city is also in the county. Mm -hmm. Well, when the city owns an asset like MED, we were not paying property taxes to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We received a pilot, which is a payment in lieu of taxes to the city. Well, it makes sense to me now that the issue has been raised that um, if, if that were a piece of property that were on the tax rolls, would we not be paying property taxes to the county in the same way that we'd be paying property taxes to the city? Well, the answer is we would. But because it was not, were we paying the payment in lieu of taxes to the county as well? So I think that's the issue at hand.
1: Now, But shouldn't that – I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ronnie. But but shouldn't that uh, information been available fairly easily as far as some of the monetary issues?
3: Yeah, so I think that's the right question. And I think, um, you know, the – the, the the additional um, issue that we should have talked about is, you know, if the sale transfers, um, let's call it, you know, I think it was, this is confusing, but June 30th or July 1st or whatever, mm-hmm. mid-year. Well, you know, that's also the start of our fiscal year.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, if if the sale took place and we started a new fiscal year. Well, if those assets weren't put on the tax rolls, so Mm -hmm. they were off the tax rolls, MED's assets were off the tax rolls, and then we're going to put them – we had to have time to appraise them and put them back on the tax rolls. Mm -hmm. Well, during that gap between mid-year, right, June or July, and the start of our fiscal budget year, those assets, we didn't receive pilot, uh, and they weren't on the tax rolls. So there's a funding gap there. Well, that's the kind of thing that I think we should have talked about, and Truman, to be candid, that may have been in the proposal. It may have been talked about. We may have received some compensation, but I think what's obvious is the county didn't receive any compensation because they specifically said in their meeting last night there's a shortfall resulting in the MED sale, which means there's a gap in what they would have normally received. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, it's things like that that that's a very important piece of information it may not have changed anything we might have worked through it but it unnecessarily undermines some of the things that we do that we could have very easily talked about very easily brought on the table um, rather than doing some other things that we talked about that I don't think were as important
1: yeah I'm I'm sure Lisa Nolan thought it was important when you when you had a conversation with her I did and I'll brag on Lisa she's uh, she is good she is a great
3: teacher, mm-hmm. and she has been a great resource to me that, you know, she she, uh, she answered my call at 730 this morning, which uh, I didn't expect. And she said, you know, I didn't know who this was, but uh, I had a feeling I should answer it. And then when we got off the phone, she said, uh, uh, I'm going to put your name in here so that I know you call, who it is calling. And I said, well, don't do that, because it didn't, then you may never answer the phone again knowing <laughs> I called. But, you know, I had a five-minute conversation with Lisa and – you know, she was able to put this in perspective and help me understand, and it was very easy. And she's very bright, and she's a great teacher and a great resource to the county. So,
1: after someone has talked to you, Ronnie, they will always be willing to, to answer that phone because you you do it in such a way that uh, they know that you're doing the best thing possible. For for your people here in the city, and and when you when you have that uh, that freshness about you, it makes a really really difference. And, and you know, I have seen people being uh, have been elected to jobs here in the county and and in the city, and and after the election, uh, they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's 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 like they. They don't have that uh energy that's needed to fill those particular positions mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times they get involved in in uh, maybe let's don't call them shady deals but mm-hmm. they're deals where uh you know things are are uh, changing and and they want to be part of the change, but they don't really uh realize what the um uh, situations are that could put them in in a very negative type situation, mm-hmm. and I think that's one reason why a lot of uh, people th- therefore uh, some of these positions, especially in Congress or or the Senate, to, th- they don't need to be career positions. They still need that freshness in in, in that feel of I still want to. Um, I, I, I want those people to maybe go in, on to other positions. You know, in the in Congress, uh, a lot of those people, when they retire, they stay in Washington because they start working for other corporations and right. things like that because they have those uh, ties to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things won't ever happen to you because I've, I've seen a... Uh, uh, I've seen a particular characteristic about you that you constantly want to do the right thing. And to do the right thing, you have to educate yourself as to what's going on in those particular positions. And I, I don't think that's – I think that's very rare in, in politics. And, and you know, we, we've been watching the, the presidential races mm-hmm. and, and the senatorial races and those things. I've quit watching them because you never hear anything that's truthful. You really don't. <laughs> yeah. I I mean you you have people that are obviously writing a new movie or something and this this is your star player and, and uh, we're going to make sure that uh he he's got a halo over his head and right. he's the brightest person in the country. Um I have really uh I I've gotten fed up with politics to be perfectly honest with you. And and you keep me going, as I know there are still people out there that are obviously wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. And uh I, just, I had some people talking about the, the school board meeting last night, and they were so disgusted with um, some of the players on, uh, on the school board of their questions and, and how they went about. And I think some of them were even maybe wanting to be paid more for what they were doing, which is basically nothing if you look at it, <laughs> uh, other than stepping in holes and things like that. i have it, to watch that. I missed it, but the, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so how's everything else going?
3: They, you know, things are good. Um, it has been um, a really hard 2020 for everybody. Yeah. You know, that's an understatement. Um, but um, I, I couldn't be happier with... Uh, From a professional standpoint at work, you know, Pinnacle has been great to me and uh, to the team I brought uh, um, from First Bank, you know, the team that we came there from. And uh, they've been great to the people that we came uh, together. I mean, everybody's really enjoyed being at Pinnacle. Uh, The culture has been great. Um, You know, it's just a really great place to work. Um, and I'm very thankful that, you know, we've had the opportunity to bring a large part of our client base to Pinnacle Bank. I think they've been very happy with that. And so that's mm-hmm. been very, very good for business. And, um, you know, uh, the, uh, from a personal standpoint, um, you know, you hadn't been able to spend the kind of time with family that, mm-hmm. that you want. Everybody's struggling with that. So, you know, our, our struggles as a family are no different than anyone else's. Um, But, um, you know, I think the hardest thing for me has probably been service, you know, my my service to the city uh, in the sense that I am constantly forced to kind of humble myself from the standpoint of, um, you know, you see things that disappoint you Mm -hmm. in uh, process uh, and or behavior. Uh, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, those things are, I feel like, kind of bad habits that have uh, followed, yeah. you know, uh, either position or that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we've got a, a great city council in the sense that they're fine people that care about our city. Um, we're not always going to agree about certain things and I think that's healthy and good. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's been hard to, um, to see things, you know, the EMS thing I'll bring up that we dealt with this year. You know, um, I, I still don't even understand. Um, and I was on the council and very involved in these discussions, why that was as big an issue as it was, and why it just disappeared the way it disappeared. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And and I think there were good things that came as a result of some of those discussions. But um, you know, if you were paying attention and you were really watching and reading that as a book, you'd have kind of closed the book saying, "I, I don't even understand what just happened." Uh, and and when you're a you're an elected official and you're mm-hmm. in that process it uh it goes to work on your mind related to you know who did what and why it was done and all those sorts of things so
1: you're involved in different personalities
3: well it's just tough and so you got to stay positive and you got to give folks the benefit of the doubt and you got to give folks grace and you got to stay motivated and you can't let those things roll from one issue to another you have to keep going because ultimately at the end of the day you know there were I remember the number 7,400 people that said, I want you to go do this for me because I'm going to go focus on my family and my job and I trust you to go do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I take that seriously. And so I'm I'm trying to do my part. Uh, I, I don't have aspirations or an agenda. I don't want us to, you know, have an electric department or not have one or have an EMS or not have one. I'm, I'm willing to see both sides of those things and try to do uh, collectively as a group what we think makes sense. But... It is hard to um, watch the process unfold sometimes mm-hmm. when you know it's probably not unfolding the way we should aspirationally want it to unfold. And, you know, most of the time, if you're not willing to do outside extra work, uh, you're not going to know the whole story.
1: Yeah. So. And with you being <laughs> as smart as you are, as as long as you've been in... Fooling with that particular issue, the right. EMS, um, you 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 know that things are made complicated just because they don't want you to see the entire picture. I
3: think there's some of that that goes on, but yeah. but you know that stuff is complicated. You it is. I mean, you're talking about trying to figure out how to merge city and county services yeah. um, for the benefit of citizens, and how do we pay for that? <clears throat> you know, without it being a duplicate service and redundant taxation, mm-hmm. and you know how do you how do you value or how do you balance that with response time and all those sorts of things? That stuff's hard, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. And so, um, I, I think what gets lost sometimes, and this is the thing that I probably care more about, and and maybe I maybe I should be focused at a higher level, but you know, I think about you go back to the, the MED employees mm-hmm. that went through that. Transaction. Yeah, um, I don't think any of them <clears throat> would be unhappy to be working at Middle Tennessee Electric with the team they have yeah. there and the employees there. It's not about that, but but that was probably a really hard process to go through, in, in part because of how it was executed on our part as a city. I think that was really hard for a lot of the employees. Did that was that necessary? Did it have to happen? Probably not. Um, You know, was it handled that way to secure the outcome that that was trying to be secured? Probably so. Mm -hmm. Um, You talk about the EMS situation. The the people that actually do the work, that take care of you, um, whether it be in an ambulance or in a fire truck when you get there. Um, You know, I think sometimes it's those people that get overlooked that, you know, at a high level we're Mm -hmm. focused on some things that – we're not really even listening or paying attention to what happens when somebody's in an accident and and a fire truck pulls up or an ambulance pulls up and what do they need and you know making sure that leaders uh, are in the right position to encourage people to be cooperative and hold them accountable and really kind of walk the walk from the standpoint of saying hey We're trying to do what's best. We're trying to do what's best. Well, let's do what's best. Let's make sure we're executing and actions are following those words. And so, you know, um, those are all tough things we dealt with, you know, in the last couple of years. And we've got – I I am on – I'm I'm stepping off the uh, planning commission. I don't know if I told you that or not. But I'm going to Parks and Rec, and you know one of the things that we're talking about today at the Parks and Rec committee or commission is um, the opportunity to acquire you know 70 something acres that is contiguous to Barfield
1: Park, and that actually we had uh, Mr. Williams on. Yeah, that's right. And we'll uh, like to have him back talk about that. He he did such a great job explaining all the things that were involved, and having somebody like him that can reach out to you is special, or you could reach out to him to, to find all the information available.
3: Nate is great and you have been kind enough to let me bring a lot of the city folks you know, on the show um, the people that I have brought on the show <clears throat> they're, they're some of my favorite people, Nate's one of those mm-hmm. very easy to talk to, very bright very competent um, can articulate his vision for Parks and Rec which is why he's there and in that job um, you know, and really passionate at the end of the day, really passionate about that. But to be able to add, you know, 70-something acres to our park system um, is a really big deal. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, and, you know, there's been some discussion that, you know, what will the what will the public response be? You know, um, uh, what will they think? And I said, well, I think they should celebrate, and we should be excited for that because <laughs> – There are very few communities that talk about wanting to keep green space and have green space. Yeah. You know, Barfield has 400 acres. Adding 70 to it, you know, is going to put us close to a 500 acre park, you know, in our city. Well, that's a big deal. That's and pretty rare. It's really rare, and and the conversation that comes up, unfortunately, is, well, you know, there's some been discussion about the West Park. We're supposed to build a, um, a sports com or a barfield type hybrid something on the west side of town for the for the west side residents. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that at all. I think that'd be great if we can do that. But um, that also, <clears throat> depending upon which version you look at, probably has about a fifty million dollar price tag. Well. For $50 million, um, there's a lot of other things that I would personally do in the city of Murfreesboro rather than invest in another recreation facility, which, again, I'm not opposed to. But, you know, we've talked a lot. I know how happy you are about how long it takes to get from one side of town to the other side of town. We've just got some major infrastructure things that we need to do that, you know, just one council member's opinion – um, I, if we can pick up 70 acres at a what I would view in comparison to the West Park uh, at a pretty attractive offer, you know, to be able to pick that up, um, I think that's money that we really should be spending. Um, and when we start thinking about a $50 million outlay for something like that, um, I, I have heard that we could build uh, a bridge over 24 to connect. One side of Murfreesboro to the other side of Murfreesboro outside of those exchanges. Mm -hmm. If we could do two of those for 50 million bucks total, I'd probably spend my money there rather than build a new park on the west side. And I bet the people on the west side would appreciate that because it's going to take pressure off the interchanges. So it's those kinds of things that we'll be looking at in the upcoming year or two. And, you know, again, I have my opinion about that, but the council will make the decision.
1: Is, Is it hard to explain things to the public? When you're having to spend money, I mean, taxes always, if if you ask the, the most of the people who live inside the city and, and they name their uh, choices at the very top mm-hmm. where they don't want to spend and go all the way down, I- is it hard to explain it to them the... Uh, what what the real results will be spending that money right. and what it's going to go to as far as to enrich the city itself
3: you know my experience and I think every council member um, experiences this um, we have people that we know um, because of a lifetime of friendship or experiences um, that I think give us the benefit of the doubt when we explain things mm-hmm. right? Um, What's probably more challenging and probably better for us is to have to explain those things to someone that does not know us. So we're having to earn credibility based on what we're talking about rather than borrowing credibility that we've had based on friendships and long-time relationships. Um, I enjoy that piece of service, Uh, the problem-solving the one-on-one, someone challenges you, you're using my tax dollars to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like if I'm not in a position to explain the value of that, then they've got a great point and I need to go back to work to figure out why. I think that's a good thing. Otherwise, I I haven't done what I'm supposed to be doing. And so you know, my experience in being in those situations, I have run into, ran across, uh, one or two people, and you know this, mm-hmm. that they wanted to meet with me just because they wanted to poke holes in me and beat me up.
1: That happens, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, you, yeah, you're gonna find that. Yeah. And you know what? As painful as that is, both from um, you know a, a humanity standpoint and a, a desire to serve, that's the job.
1: Yeah, that's
3: what we do. And and I don't get to pick and choose, you know, the people that um, are easy to serve or that are difficult to serve. I made the decision to serve. And so you got to take the good that comes with the bad. But for the most part, um, I have been, my experience has been, for those that would challenge me on issues, I have either had enough information to at least get them to give me the benefit of the doubt on something, or it has also happened in some cases where, you know, they've taught me something in that conversation that made me go back to work. So both of those things are good.
1: You know, I think your experience... With the bank has mm-hmm. helped uh, uh, you uh, be able to react the way you do with the public, and it's it's like Bob Mifflin, you know Bob. I think great guy. Yes, he is around. a great guy. Yep. And and we were talking on the phone uh, the other day, and we were talking about a certain situation where the bank that he was working in, uh, mm-hmm. and a number of other people that I, I've known most of my life. And and uh, that for some reason a uh, a hatchet man came in mm. and you know what a hatchet man is for I've the heard, bank I've
3: heard this story before too you, you so w-
1: well okay not
3: from you from oh. Bob so. all right
1: yeah and and, and uh, uh, we some of us found out about it and, yeah. and uh, wrote uh, uh, letters uh, to uh, I remember still re- remembering the letter that I wrote to the president of, of the bank yep. in its entirety, nationwide. And uh, you know he sent a person uh, down here in just a very short time. And basically what we were uh, disturbed about was these is people that were pillars of our community for many many years and they were friends with most of the people in the county and the city and it was it was so interesting that uh, they realized that this was going to be a very terrible type situation for Mm -hmm. the bank and they and they realized you know basically what we said was we if we're going to do business with a a bank. We want it to be local people that we're dealing with. Yep. And, and and that does make a big difference. You have to respect the individuals that are going to be in a position of of responsibility that are going to reach out to you and take care of you. And, and I, that's what you have displayed being a city councilman because you have that. Uh, respect in the community and i think you will always have that respect in the community because you have that heart bob mifflin was a guy he was over christy houston as yeah. you remember right. uh, running on a day-to-day basis and did a superb job when he was over there you don't put people in those positions unless you're very confident that they're they're going to be pretty straight with everybody.
3: Yeah, and I I know a lot of those folks you're talking about in that group from that story that Bob and I talked about. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the things, the charm of a bank like Pinnacle um, that, you know, was Calvary. You know, and you think of some of the people that worked at Calvary. Knew
1: knew every one of them.
3: Pillars of the community. We've had other banks like that, you know, in, in our community. But, um, it's just a really special thing when um, you know you can do business in a place that knows you maybe knew your father, maybe your grandfather um, and that is very vested in the community. Um, you know uh, all businesses exist to make a profit you know you know they're not unless you're a charity and um, but uh, to be able to to make a profit and to do it in a way where you're um, being impactful uh, mm-hmm. inside your community, which I think Pinnacle is, yeah. and where you do it in a way where the people that you're serving uh, become friends and, um, you know, in, in many cases become lifelong friends. I mean, that, that's just kind of a bonus, and I think what makes um, Murfreesboro special, small town special. And, you know, as we continue to grow <clears throat> as a city, it's going to be harder and harder for us to keep that small-town charm. Yeah. Um, and I think when and where we can uh, prioritize things like that and make sure that we are inclusive and bring people together and continue to, to try to be um, you know, a, a, a community, a small community, then uh, I think that's good for everybody.
1: Speaking of small-town charm, when is the bank going to finish its building project? Yeah, <laughs> It's not very charming to go over there. It's
3: progress. Two (laughs) two steps back to make,
1: uh, one step back to make two steps forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a mess. is, Is there a picture of the bank and, and and it's going to include uh, all the areas that are going to be inside the bank itself. Is is that going to be available to the public pretty soon?
3: Uh, I'm sure Bill Jones has that, and we'll have to get him on the show to come and tell you about that. I'll yeah. Bring him back. He hasn't been here in a long time. He needs to come back.
1: All right. Now, all, all the other banks uh, across um, Murfreesboro mm-hmm. in the area, um, they're still only drive throughs Right.
3: Well, you're talking about Pinnacle?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, yes.
1: I think mine out there on Manchester Highway is uh, still a drive through I think
3: that's the case, and I think, again, that's COVID exposure related, trying to make sure that we can control who comes in and comes out and and really funnel all the activity to one area to make sure that protocols are in place to address the spread of COVID for a specific area. So drive through is the easiest way to do that, to keep just – Random folks from coming in and out of the lobbies.
1: You know they're doing the COVID virus. They're you're driving in your car and they're they're giving you a shot in your hand in the car itself. It's drive through. Yeah. Uh, The only thing I I don't like about it is is you can't order a milkshake or anything (laughs) like that. I mean, you would think they're not providing curbside. Yeah, you would think they would offer those particular things. Hey, here's who they.
3: If we need uh, operational execution improvement on uh, drive through capacity. Uh, we need to consult Chick-fil-A because I think they figured out a way to get as many people through their drive throughs Do you go to Chick-fil-A? No. So you don't understand what I'm talking no,
1: about? No, I don't have a clue. Uh, well, the
3: listeners will know, and Chick-fil-A is a machine and there's no telling. They have people out there taking orders <clears throat> and probably um, a, a two-minute drive time from the time you come in to placing an order to getting your food.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it is extremely impressive operationally what they do. So um, I, I know that everybody's doing their best, um, but... uh,
1: Chick-fil-A must do business with the bank, do they? I I should know the answer to that. I don't.
3: (laughs) I don't even think I should tell you that if I do. No, you wouldn't. uh, I've enjoyed it, Ronnie. I have too. We've run
1: out of time, unfortunately. Thanks for having me. And everybody remember uh, Jan Stewart and and, uh, uh, James Hamlin uh, in your prayers tonight and uh, hope that uh, they'll be recovering real quickly. Thanks, Truman. Thank you, Ronnie. We'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. From NHC's Adams Place,
0: home of premiered senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.